Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time! Actually, you know, I'm not sure I remember what happened last time. We went to Stormwind, we did some stuff. Uh, to be honest, I think I'm just gonna let the DM take this one, since we haven't released a show in a while. Let's queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Wow. All right. So it's it's been a long time since we've had a game. Uh, why don't we start with kind of an overall plot recap of everything that we've gone through up until this point? Uh, at the very, very beginning, a thousand years ago, uh, we went to the Pleasure Palace on vacation, played a little bit of grenade golf, right? Hung out at the pool, uh, tried to run out on a bill that was a little bit bigger than expected, uh, stole a little <laughs> bit of gold from some goblins. Uh, and got an invitation to the Brawlers Guild, actually, all the way back then, if you remember, is when we got those invitations. Uh, went out to Booty Bay to fence that stolen treasure, and then that's how you guys got involved with the Bloodsail Buccaneers and, you know, put together that mutiny on the Sanguine Spear. Turned the ship over to Billy Battlechin, right? Uh, that ship, I think, was eventually named the Branded Beauty that you basically stole from that orc captain. Uh, you went out to the Gurubashi Arena, got hooked up with what ended up being the quest to recover the Shard of Blood, right? This artifact that you deduced must have been one of the four objects that fell from the sky that day after your adventure in the Pleasure Palace. Uh, from there, you went up to the town of Darkshire and held a conversation with Katarina Stanford, uh, who, as it turned out, was a scribe from Stormwind. Uh, she told you she was cataloging all these sort of strange occurrences in Duskwood. And explained that a couple of archaeologists from Stormwind had come into the woods there to uh, uh, excavate something that had fallen from the sky in the grove in the center of the forest. You know, ended up fighting ghosts and whatnot. Uh, from there, went out to the Dark Moon Fair, played a bunch of carnival games, sort of stole the show a little bit at the Elite Torin Chieftain concert, uh, and started to notice that there were very few adventurers like yourself. Uh, running around in a place that should have been, by all rights, a little bit more popular with adventurers. Um, eventually came to arrive in the city of Stormwind, the human capital of the the capital of the, the human kingdom of Stormwind, uh, to rumors of all these strange occurrences at night, very similar to what you had seen in Duskwood after the artifact had landed there. You deduced that Another shard had landed in Duskwood, caused all the spookiness there, had been transported to Stormwind by those archaeologists. We're now here. It's causing more problems here. You met at that point with Lariadra Drethir, the leader of the Stormwind branch of the Silver Covenant, uh, and Thalaran Shroudsong, a Silver Covenant agent with whom Falkus had a pretty friendly relationship. Uh, you were brought in on a mission by them 
to track down and recover a dwarf member of the Silver Covenant, a fella named Oldoon Black Powder, uh, an agent who had gone missing in the last few days. Uh, you guys uh, got a mission dossier that explained that he had been searching for the archaeologists when he went missing. Uh, you discussed both the missing archaeologists and Old Dune with Dr. Harrison Jones in the keep who told you, hey, you know, they haven't checked in since the last time they returned to town. Uh, you also learned that there had uh, been several children had gone missing from the Teldrassil encampment in the northern section of the city. You had a chat with Queen Mia Greymane about the problem. She described that she described each of these three children to you in detail. Uh, an intelligent night elven girl named Rissa, who had been studying illusion magic. Uh, a Gilnean human girl named Mia, who found a real love in exploring the city. Uh, and uh, a human Gilne or a, a Gilnean human male named Aiden Grains, uh, who was the uh, son of some Gilnean druids. Uh, you also learned that a couple of pieces of uh, profession equipment had been reported missing over the course of the last month or so, such as enchanting supplies, mining equipment, uh, and also that the rate of the theft of gold had risen sharply uh, in the city. You talked with the captain of the city guard in, in the keep about this, and Ari kind of revealed her lineage as part of an argument that ensued there. Um, at that point, you guys split up. Ari headed out toward the mage quarter and asked around about the missing children. She got some clues as to how she might be able to track them down via magic. Uh, she also knows that she may be able to use the same magic to locate, uh, potentially locate the shard that the archaeologists had brought into the city. She and Katarina at the scribe shop uh, are, oh, excuse me. She has Katarina at the scribe shop working on some more copies of Scrolls of Locate Object. Uh, and she accidentally found out that Katarina's copy of a textbook on the subject of interplanar summoning had gone missing. Uh, Ari is set to become a student at the inscription shop and had left the spell book that she had looted from weaponsmith Arna down in the troll city of Zulgarub. Zulgarub? Zulaman. Zulgarub. Um, uh, at the shop for Katarina to study. Butch went out to the Hall of Champions and met with a warrior named Qualang Thunderfist who offered some formal warrior training. At one point, he had mentioned Sun Yu Firebottom, a Pandaren shaman who is famous for her immense strength and combat prowess. She once rode a Kunchang into battle against the Mantid. It was awesome. Uh, Butch later told that story of what happened with Sun Yu to the rest of the party. Quilang is expecting Butch again uh, at the Hall of Champions to continue what they had started to work on. Butch and Ari had discussed what they were told by Arna and Butch, I think maybe came to the realization that Quilang possibly may know something about the artifact that Arna was pursuing, the one associated with the strongest warrior. Falcus spent his time visiting the homes of the Stormwind archaeologists and found out that they had been abducted by rogues of some kind uh, and that their houses had been looted. He chased down some small-time thief who was picking through the wreckage 
and that person told Falkus that the abduction had happened right after the scientists had returned to Stormwind. After the party reconvened that night, they were ambushed by a bunch of assassins in the streets of Old Town. Yais killed one of them and dragged the other unconscious by his face through the city to the Stormwind uh, branch of the Silver Covenant. The following morning, you took up some disguises in order to avoid detection by any other assassins that might be out there and headed out to uh, the Covenant to interrogate the assassin, who told you that he was on a mission from SI7 and that Matthias Shaw, their leader, does not suffer betrayals lightly. At this point, it's still early in the morning. You have until tomorrow before you're supposed to meet back up with Harrison Jones at the archaeology department in Stormwind's castle. Now, he promised to spend some time between your last meeting and this one trying to pin down what the epicenter is of these haunting effects within the city. Uh, However, you do think at this point that getting in or out of the keep may be kind of tough if it is true that SI7 is targeting you specifically for some reason. Now, you weren't told the exact reason for the attack. The assassin that you interrogated mentioned that mentioned during the attack that Ari was being targeted for asking the wrong questions. But when you interrogated him directly about it, it appears that all he knew of the motivations behind the orders was that you guys were the targets. He said that it wasn't his place to ask why whenever he's given a job, he just goes and does it. So that's kind of where we are at this point. You guys are Uh, at the Silver Covenant area, and you have the city before you to do whatever it is you please. It's still relatively early in the morning, so you have all day. What is it that you guys would like to do right now? Well, that's a good question, Casey. I think we need at least disguises to get out of here is what we had kind of talked about. Right. So, uh, again, it's been a while, so um, I'm happy to, to remind everybody that you did... Uh, successfully take advantage of Ari's use of the disguise kit earlier this morning before you left your inn in uh, the Dwarven District, I think is where you're staying. You had to walk through town to get to Silver Covenant and you did so already disguised. So you're good on that front. Do we want to split up? It sounds like we all have kind of things we can go keep busy with. We we absolutely do, but so we're worried about being picked off by, I guess, SI7, right? Um, do you think we're just safe during the day? What? I would say, I mean, go ahead and let's let's roll some dice. I haven't rolled dice in like months, let's man. Let's roll some dice. Uh, go uh, ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, so we're we're currently in the Silver Covenant right now, right? Yeah. What if, um, so I go talk to, to Leiadrin? Uh, Leiadrin. Leiadrin, uh, to see if we can get basically shadows for us. If we're going to split up, we can probably get a Silver Covenant person to kind of play as a shadow behind us, just to kind of, like a little bit of a bodyguard to watch our backs. I mean, we'll be disguised as well too, but definitely having, um, extra eyes on our backs where we can't see, you know, on our six. Um, would be beneficial. And I think that's a flex that we can definitely use because we are, you know, having the patron of the Silver Covenant. I think that argument makes a lot of sense. I don't think anyone would tell you no at this point, considering what you've already contributed. 
Yeah, I think it totally makes sense to have like a quiet shadow somewhere. Uh, also, I would say that, um, Butch, to your question, do we think it's safe to wander around the city in the daylight? A combination of there is a curfew in effect for the evening, mm-hmm. so the streets are going to be pretty empty after dark. But during the day, it's a city, man. It's going to be pretty crowded. You've got your disguises ready to go. And with a tail, just to be sure, you, I, I think it's safe to say that you guys feel relatively safe during the day to walk the city under these conditions. So, so we all have like different things that we want to get done. And typically during the day, we've been just doing them. I don't need to be at any... I, I don't know how to, this... You're going to talk to Harrison Jones and get over there. The, the place I want to go to uh, is where I'll be on most days. At the, at the uh, Hall of Champions tr- training and becoming a bigger, stronger version of myself. Okay. Um, let's run that real fast. I have a, a real quick scene in mind that I, I wanted to put in front of you. Um, you are able to get out there pretty easily. You, hey, greet up with, with, uh, Quillang Thunderfist again, get back into, uh, training mode. Uh, as you guys are working out and, uh, you know, doing your whole thing again, like I said, you had a conversation with Ari and went, you know what? Arna was asking about the strongest warrior. He brought it up the other day. You have this thought that he may have some information for you. Do you feel comfortable? He's basically a stranger. You've worked out with him for a day at this point. That's the extent of your relationship. Do you think you feel comfortable asking about that? Yeah, I think I could. uh, I mean, he is Pandaren. He wouldn't have been here very long. Would this how how likely is he to be a part of SI seven? Uh, he did he did mention my hometown hero slash person who was a, an acquaintance of mine growing up, and it's something I, I want to it's something I want to talk about anyway. I uh, I mean I could bring it up. The answer to your question is yes, but I've got a I, I have a way to to kind of bring it up to him. All right, let me know. Okay. So uh, I'm training, right? Um, you know, get my stretches in, you know, a little sore from yesterday. And I've got my, my weapons k- k- kind of with me. Qualang, right? Yes. Okay. You know, hey, hey, Qualang. I got something weird to talk to you about. I was just kind of... You know, you got a minute? Well, yeah, we're going to be working on this for the next couple hours. So, yeah, we got tons of minutes. Well, I'll tell you. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out what what I should be training on the most. And I know I should be training on everything. But, you know, I'm looking in, in, the, in the grass there or the dirt, whatever. I've got spread out my, my, my weapons. Okay. And, um, I have, I have my, uh, Radiant Maul. That's like, I've been, I've been, you know, kicking some, some, some rear with this one, this big old, big old hammer, right? It's, you know, it's so big and it is good. I like it. You know, and, you know, this, uh, 
this uh, spear I got here. It's magic and it does some stuff and it comes back in here, but it's, it's not going to be my main weapon at all. I got this uh, this uh, smaller axe here, and it you know it used to be cursed, but it ain't, it ain't cursed anymore. But and it and it does it's great. It do, it feels good in the hand. It's it's well balanced. It's great. And then I've got this one, and right next to it is Priestlayer. Okay, if if y'all remember from way back when. From way back when, before I got all the magic weapons, before I got you know all the fancy stuff, it's and Priest Slayer is a two-handed great axe, right? But if you look at it, these other three things are you know are are, are kind of shiny. They've got like like etched in detail. They've they, you know they're, they're all magic. They've got like they they do more damage. And I t- I'm talking to Kuala Lang. I go Kuala Lang. These are all great weapons. These these three here, these are amazing. And I I do, you know, I'm more effective with these. But in my heart, I really like this one. This one has, you know, the priest slayer. It's got a name. It's, it's just kind of part of me. But I cannot do as as much with this one that I can do with the other ones. I prefer to use this two-handed big old giant axe instead of this little bitty axe and little shield or the the, the the hammer's pretty cool I do like the hammer but but I like the axe better you know um maybe I should be training on this axe what do you think well uh you know clearly if you got one that's been named that's that's real important listen if your concern is just that it's not magical enough you should go get it enchanted that's what I was thinking. That that is what I was thinking, and I might need a little bit more gold for that. But I bet you I can get some gold for some of this stuff here, at least one of these. Yeah, I'd say so, for sure. Yeah, it if just, you want to get rid of them, I mean, like sometimes a warrior's uh, best friend is a pocket full of weapons. Just putting that out there. Yeah, I do like the versatility, you know, but. You know, in my in my travels with my companions, you know, we we've done we just some crazy stuff and met some crazy people, right? And I have, you know, we're talking about like different weapons and d- different things that can give power. I ran into a guy, he was a goblin to be honest, who was trying to figure out like the the the, the greatest kind of weapon, an artifact. From the greatest oh, war about the greatest warrior. That was uh, that was Weaponsmith Arna. He was a troll. He was a troll. He wasn't a goblin. The goblins were the good guys in the situation. It was a troller. Okay, yeah, he was a troll, in fact. And he was um, he was the one that made. And I pointed I point to the red one, um, to the smaller axe. He's the one that made this cursed. Um, you should admit <laughs> it was Falcus had it at first, my friend, <laughs> and I would touch it. It was funny. Anyway. Now this one ain't cursed anymore, and it it is it, great. But anyway, th- this guy he was dealing with, you know, you know, pumping up weapons, and he was dealing with like he wanted to get the best weapons, and he he mentioned he, you know, he he mentioned the same person you mentioned, uh, you know, yesterday to me, and about really? being the greatest warrior, and uh, I'm I'm just wondering, 
you know, I'm just putting two and two together and four and five together and six and twelve together and I think we're we're a simple hall of warriors. I can't be counting all that high. All right, just uh, speak plainly for what you need. I'm wondering about that 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 a uh, weaponsmith was talking about. Have you ever heard of any kind of special artifact, some some special weapon? Maybe I'm not sure what it might look like or might be, but uh, he was looking for the greatest warrior. I think that you mentioned the greatest warrior. And if you yeah, I think I might heard of anything. Uh, he lowers his voice and kind of looks around real fast just to make sure you guys aren't being listened in on. And he goes, well, yeah, the, the story is that son, you Firebottom, who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she was powerful on her own for sure. But I mean, you heard the story that you heard the story that she had the Titans grips, right? Lang, I was there that day and I grew up with that young woman I have heard that story but I hadn't seen that with my uh, with my own eyes talking about the Titans grip is that real yeah I mean like you've heard about like it's it would be like if you asked an Englishman if they've ever heard of Excalibur like yeah no I've heard of Excalibur but it's not real he goes oh yeah the Titans grips they're they're real, and they're real something else. Uh, they only seem to crop up anytime, you know, the needs are there, right? Like, it's, it's not something that's just handed down from generation to generation. and it just has, No, it's the sort of thing that only shows up when they're needed. Uh, and what's, what's wild is that, I mean, Sun Yu wasn't a warrior, not like no. you and I are. She was, she was a shaman. She had she shaman, lightning and yeah. fire and all that. But like, you know, still she was able to, you know, you said you were there. You saw I it. I was there. She, she, she'll burn a line right through them bugs. Like it was, it's, it's wild what you can pull off when you've got the right stuff behind you. Um, yeah, I'm pretty convinced that she was using an old Titan relic, uh, called the Titans grips. The, the Titans grips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think that look? Okay, am, am I dumb? Does that sound like a pair of gloves to you? It sounds like gloves to me. Would it? Yeah, be? yeah, yeah, yeah. You think she gloves. was using gloves? Like a gauntleted, the story anyway. And it change, like I say, it changes from person to person based on what they need. Uh, but yeah, like an armored gauntlet that, in like, it takes all the stuff that you already had going for you and makes it makes it grander, makes it bigger, makes it sharper. I don't know. It's hard to describe because it changes. Now, could could you add to, to, to this, this Titan relic, do you think you could add, uh, you know, you know, the gems, like, 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 like the different colored stones to it <laughs> to end uh, the universe? <laughs> you, <laughs> you get this, you get the sense that that's not quite how they work. The way that nah. you've heard the story of the Titan's grips go is that uh, you know, different different fighters and warriors and people throughout history occasionally in times of great need will discover them and their properties change a bit based on the needs of the people who are wearing them 
for someone like Sun Yu, the idea that we would have seen incredible feats of fire and lightning and elemental power. Yeah, that makes sense. She was she was a great shaman. She did all this cool stuff. For somebody like Arna, who was much more of an intellectual uh, fighter, who knows what they would have done. In the hands of somebody who is a more traditional warrior, we're talking about great feats of strength. We're talking about new ways to wield weapon and armor. We're talking about new, you know, all all kinds of things like that are, are you know, according to legend, potentially on the table for someone to, to wield this item. All right. Well, I sure appreciate you. And uh, also, I appreciate your, uh, you know, guidance on what I should be doing. I, I do believe, even though I won't be doing quite as much damage, I do believe I'm going to um, take your advice and use this lesser power weapon and maybe up the power on it. But also, I'm going to you know keep my ears to the ground about that uh, Titan's grip. You said it only shows up. When needed? Define well, needed, I suppose. These sort of these sort of legendary items, you know, they get the story about them tends to get warped across the legend as well. Oh, it doesn't seem practical sense. that they would just disappear and reappear at, at times of need. Uh truthfully, now that I'm saying it out loud, I kinda hope she wasn't using them. It makes sense that she was, but I hope she wasn't, because we know how her story ended and we know who was who, how it, it, if she had the Titan's grips, then that means I think we might have an idea for who has them now. Bugs. Bugs. If I see another anyway. one of those bugs, you can't, you can't stop me from slaughtering them all. Hey, I, I, you're not telling me anything I didn't want to hear. Um, as far as this weapon thing goes, man, if you're really trying to lean hard onto, I want to be an axe man, I get it, though, man. I, axe is a good weapon. Uh, I got a couple of cool tricks I can show you. All right. Um, uh, and then from there, yeah, I mean, he would talk to you briefly about, I mean, if you want this thing to be a magical weapon, there are ways here in the city to make that happen. Uh, but in the meantime, what we need to work on today is technique. So you guys get into it. I'll tell you the uh, my my purpose over the next however long we're going to be uh, training. I don't know how long we'll be here, but uh, is hopefully to pick up the uh, slashing feat to be yeah and add that to my character if I'm able to if I'm able. It's one of the go ahead. It's one of the beautiful things about having downtime in in a campaign is that you can study and learn new abilities typically downtime gets you things like oh okay well, i can spend time building a new piece of armor or crafting something or uh, learning a language or learning a tool proficiency or all that but we've been an overpowered campaign this whole time so we're going to keep at it mm-hmm. uh that'll be some fantastic. people read their spell books you know occasionally people you yeah. know if, if 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 i were able to pick up one or two little recipes a little some buff food you know i wouldn't mind doing that but i uh i i would definitely want to focus on the on the uh training and becoming cool. the biggest and strongest pandarian barbarian i can be well isn't that lovely um yeah you spend the rest of the day just you know hustling um Every day uh, falcus uh, <laughs> uh who wants to uh who wants to run a quick scene next i can 
All right. Uh, so first thing, where are you headed this morning? Yeah. So when, remind me again, when did we agree to meet Harrison Ford? Was that tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. So um, I just want to make sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to head to the inscription because I want to see what she's discovered with that Arna book. And then I have some ideas. Like I said, if we have downtime of things I would like to learn or start to learn or directions I can be pointed in to learn. Right on. So you get in there. Uh, you you throw her off a little bit at first because you are in full high elf disguise right now. But then <laughs> it's like, no, it's me. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Right. All right. Come on in. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, right. Your first question was, what did she learn about the spell book? Because you left yes. Arna's thing there. Excellent. Uh, so uh, what she was going to do yesterday with you that you couldn't do was compare some of the notes that were in this book to something that she had had set aside in a book about interplanar travel, summoning, all that kind of stuff. And she's like, my book is missing. Um, she lets you know that in the meantime, between the last time you guys saw each other, she headed out to the library at the, at the mage tower mm-hmm. and borrowed a replacement. So you got, ha- you guys have something to compare against. Um, the designs for, uh, so you guys didn't see it in person, but you were told by the horde adventuring party, um, Trag and Drock and all them when they went down into the pyramid to do some stuff. And then you guys went up on top of the pyramid to do some, to, to fight Jindo within the pyramid. They had found, um, like the anchoring, uh, sigils and, and uh, work and all that stuff that they had put in to keep Hakar in place in that extra dimensional sort of space that you guys had discovered had been laying out with this sort of golden circle of, of magical power. And there are notes in Arna's spellbook that describe circles like this that can be used for summoning and, and all this sort of stuff, but that it's not always super cost effective and time effective to do that because you can just as easily, like we're summoning a blood God, we can just as easily use blood and that's easier to come by. Uh, but then you guys ruined the blood circle. So they had to create something bigger and stronger, which is why they ended up doing what they did. Uh, so you see all those designs in his book. And when you compare them against the something that you find in the human libraries, you're like, all right, it is similar enough um, to what we have, uh, you know, the technology to do. You note that both designs would require large quantities of enchanted gold that is poured into like a carved out stone surface that gets like you melt the gold and you pour it into these things. So it creates the runes and the shapes and the sigils and all that. Um, They would both need somewhat of a large space that like large enough to hold the, the, you know, the, the, all the materials and everything, but at a place that like really wouldn't be uh, at risk of being disturbed. Um, And they would both be used to anchor the summoning of some extra planar, uh, being of some kind. So um, she discovers that about those notes. Okay. Um, she also, uh, you know, was translating some of the spells. I think I had a handout here and there were two spells that were completed. I think I should have. Did I share yeah, those with you? You okay. did. And there was, I don't know if I'm reading it 
reading it wrong, it says there's five half spells, but I only count four that are described. Uh, five others that are half completed. Yeah, I did put that in here. And then one, two. Uh, in my handout, um, so the the spells in Arna's spellbook handout mm-hmm. shows you two. And then it has, I have GM notes that list an additional five. So I have in the little book I have, it says the half completed spells have varying effects. One talks about laying down a burning substance on the ground in an area. One talks of adding elemental damage to weapon attacks for a period of time. One talks of dealing damage and potentially stealing skills from a target if they're killed by the damage they take. One particularly complicated looking spell seems like it wants to summon a whole band of musicians that play a terrible song that makes it harder (laughs) for your enemies to fight. And that is the four. Yeah, that's four. Read them to me one more time. Yep. Laying down fire in an area, summoning a band. Adding elemental damage to weapon attacks for a period of time. Okay, I see that one. Talks of dealing damage and potentially stealing skills from a target if they're killed by the damage they take. Uh, Okay, so then the other one is like using direct line of sight and eye contact to judge somebody as being either good and getting a bunch of benefits or bad and taking a bunch of damage and having like some deficits. The person Um, that I would would have the eye contact with would either get the benefits. Yeah. So you like, you make eye contact with a creature and either a bunch of good stuff happens to them or a bunch of bad stuff happens to them. Okay. Depending on things like their alignment and that kind of thing. Perfect. Um, and she has I an like idea the band for how- chaos thing the best. <laughs> That's amazing. Yo, it's uh, if you want to read it, it's in Metzen's snake book, uh, which is where I stole all these spells from. So uh, she is working on getting those translated with you. Uh, if okay. that, if so, at this point, we have translating the spells and completing them because they're written first of all they're written in troll but that's not a problem for either of you because you can both ritually cast comprehend languages so you don't have to Mm -hmm. burn spell slots for it it's just a little bit of time consuming and then suddenly you can read everything that's in the book so that's fine as a scribe and for Katarina as a wizard she has the ability to just cast spells directly out of a spell book using her own like for lack of a better term for using her own spell slots Um, so she as a scribe is also really capable of then, okay, well, I, it's easier for me to write spells into a spell book. It's easier for me to write spells into spell scrolls and all that kind of stuff. You had expressed an interest in learning some of these skills. Uh, so if you're going to spend the day in magical study here, we can focus on that. Is there anything uh, in particular specific that you want to pursue today? Um, I don't know how long Arna's stuff is going to take because it feels like it's there's still a lot there with that. But like my overall goal with Inscriptionist is definitely if I can learn. I don't know if I can learn like a spell book like a wizard if that's possible. But the scrolls for sure. Understanding like there'll be one time use and type of things. You need the mat. But transcribing spells into scrolls and maybe like using the wizard book as a way to keep track of my spells so I can't use it out as a wizard book but I can keep track of the spells to scribe that maybe I don't have in my bard I'm a bard I'm not a druid a bard 
class. Yeah, that you haven't learned as a bard through your bard. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you you totally can spend the day learning some of the... So anybody who is a spellcaster has the capability of creating spell scrolls. Scribes are real good at it. They can do it faster and they can do it with fewer materials. So she can start bringing you in on, all right, so if this is how you're going to be keeping track of things, here's the kind of stuff that you're going to want to be doing. Make sure you're using, you know, this sort of technique. Uh, here's how you layer in the the magic to it. And you can absolutely spend your day learning some of those skills. Uh, you do expect that it's going to be a few days before you are capable enough as a scribe to handle any sort of inscription tasks that come your way without assistance. Uh, but for the time being, yeah, you can totally start to pick up on some of these techniques. Absolutely. And then I would want to talk to her about, cause I don't know how long we're going to be here, but like, I'm sure we'll have a couple moments to like chat. Um, like eventually I would love to take this scribe and look at making a dark moon cards if that's possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then things like glyphs or stuff or vellums, that have one-time use, like maybe this glyph will add like an hour of plus one to strength or plus one to eight, like different ways we can manipulate glyphs or things to maybe give temporary bonuses to Butch, me, and Falcus. Um, or even like back in the day, we could do vellums where we could hold on to weapon enchants. I know scribes don't do that stuff anymore, but a way to like work with an enchanter to maybe hold enchants for when we get new weapons and things like that, just kind of how to manipulate inscription to kind of enhance our abilities temporarily. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's all that's actually. So the idea of holding on to a weapon enchant, do you mean like the way that an enchanter would put an enchantment into a thing that then once you get the weapon, you apply it and now it's a plus one weapon when it didn't used yeah. to be type of thing. Like, like yeah, back in the day, we had like inscriptions and I only know this because the person I played with was an inscriptionist. They had the little vellums that you could create and the vellums could hold the enchants. It yeah, doesn't work that way anymore. That. Oh, you can still. Okay. Yeah. They still, they still can do that. Yeah. So looking at like, you know, talking with Falcus and Butch and being like, okay, what do you want your weapon to have on you? Like Falcus always wants plus one to something. I don't know. And then working with an enchanter, I understand this will probably be mat consuming and time consuming, but I'd like to try to round out my skill base as much as I can for future endeavors. Okay. Yeah. Um, so those are all, getting, getting familiar with all of those techniques is going to take at least a few days for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you, you can totally get started working on that today. Absolutely. Was there anything that you needed here as far as, as far as like other, other role play scenes that you needed to, to, to play? So I can't remember how this played out. So I'm getting two scrolls from her of locate object, right? I think you already have those. Do I have those? Um, I don't have them. You commissioned her to make some more. So actually what we could do is today let's practice. This is her saying, all right, well, so you need more scrolls of locate object. What do you say we practice today how to go about crafting a scroll using some of the higher end like inscription techniques and by the end of the day we'll have a couple more like we'll use this as your training and we'll figure out how to make a scroll locate object perfect yeah she can totally help you with that absolutely um you do discover over the course of that training that creating a spell scroll requires 
that you or someone who you are working with already knows the spell or has it in their spell book or something like you have to have the spell. You can't just you can create a spell from scratch, but it takes a lot more time and effort. But she already knows locate object or has it in her spell book. Like she's a wizard. She has it in her spell book. She's like, all right, so here's how the spell works, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go about transposing it. From a, like, this is like off table. So once I learn how to make this scroll, is that something that I will then know since I've made it? So I could like add the steps to like a book or because locate object isn't in my repertoire right now. Right. So the process of learning how to make the spell into a scroll from her can also be used to imprint the spell into a book so that you can have it. So you're okay. not you're not a wizard, but as a scribe, yeah, over the course of this, you're going to learn how to record spells on paper. Putting them into a scroll makes it a one-time use spell that destroys the scroll when it's used. If the spell is put into a book, you're going to have a record of that spell and you're going to be able to use that record to create new scrolls. But learning how to cast spells directly from a book is not something that we're going to be learning in this training session. And that I'm okay with. I just, I guess I wanted to clarify that if I learn how to make a scroll, I would still have the ability to make that scroll again if I put it in a book. It has to be documented that you can keep it. But yeah, like you can, Arna's, Arna's, spell Arna's book was a spell book um, and you can continue to use it as such and like once you learn how to write spells into scrolls you can use that same technique to write scroll spells into the book when you cast spells directly from a book it doesn't destroy the spell the same way it does with a scroll but you can't hand the book to someone and have them cast from it you can hand a scroll to someone and have them cast from it so I think what I will do then is I will Put the spells in Arna's book for right now. And right now, how I use it is just to continue to scribe. So I'm not casting from Arna's book. And if that's something in the right. future. Yeah, for sure. We explore. Great. Yeah. And I think that's it for now. I do want to talk to her about stuff as we learn more things. Because there's things about inscription like I've heard bits and pieces on. But this is a lot right now. Um, and then like a couple days from now, we'll have another conversation. And I'll ask her a couple more questions. Okay. Um, because... I'm going to forget by the time that we're done the next role play. Uh, you're not going to have this until like after basically after you're finished your training for today. Uh, but you can do this right now because I'm going to forget to tell you later. Go ahead and add an additional scroll of locate object to your inventory because you're going to leave today's training with that complete. Uh, and uh, I'll go ahead and update Arna's spellbook to include locate object uh, in the spellbook as well. I got to make sure I make a note of that. Locate object isn't in the inventory, so I've just been adding it manually. Right. Yeah, that's okay. that's exactly how you would do it. Um, the way that this system tracks scrolls specifically is it doesn't. All <laughs> of the all of the scrolls of specific spell that you might be able to find if you search for them are all homebrew items that I had made over the course of playing because I was like, "Oh, my sorcerer finds a scroll of whatever spell." It's pointless to try to do that for every spell. It's way too many spells. So instead, um, yeah, it's just a scroll and you can mark off that you have a scroll. When you cast, I just want to remind everybody, when you cast a spell from a scroll, it's a one-time use ability, but it does not burn a spell slot to cast a spell from a scroll. So if ever that's a concern, oh, I'm out of spell slots, that's fine. You can still use your scrolls. 
it has been a minute since we've played. How do I add like a bag again to my inventory? Because I'm just going to make a scroll bag. Great. Um, I think if you just hit manage inventory and like bag or sack, maybe. Hey, here we go. Sack. Sack. Okay. I searched everything but that. There we go. I knew it was something like that. You can do that and then you can change its name while it's in your inventory. It should create it as a new bag in your inventory rather than making it a bag within a bag. Uh, And then you can just change its name and put all your, yeah, for sure. You can totally do that. Yeah. I have, I have one that's, it's labeled equipment, consumables, engineering, blueprints, engineering stuff, gems, key ring, miscellaneous items, quiver, tools, attunement, and other possessions. Yeah. She's got bags on bags. Bags, but I forgot how I made them. I forgot how I made the bags. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, that is everything for, for right now. Um, I just wanted to clarify how everything works. So I apologize for taking a couple moments there. No, 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 no. Fully good. So of the three things that I was prepared to give you guys over the course of your trainings, Ari's is the most complicated. Butch's thing, I knew we were working toward a feat and hey, that feat's already in the game. I don't have to balance it. I just have to say, hey, add it to your feats. The thing uh, that Erica and I had talked about for Falcus is a little bit more complicated than that, but it's not to the level of what we're talking about for Ari. So we're basically redesigning how spell ca- <laughs> how spellcasting works. By the time that we're done inscription, there's like, we may as well not even be playing fifth edition anymore. Like we're doing a whole weird thing when it comes to the way that spells are going to work. And it's going to be, it's going to be bonkers. Like table talk for, um, cause you and I had, I mentioned this in a text, but I want to look at making trinkets for us eventually. Cause that was something that in, like yes. inscriptionists can do. I'm going to wait to talk to her. That's the thing I want to talk to her about, but like even something simple, like it's a limited use. So like maybe twice a day, you can add one to any intelligence role or you can add one to any like dexterity something. So you just get a automatically add one. But that's down. All right. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Well, there's a lot focus. of there's a lot of like, and I mean we can so we can really grab from other magic items that already exist that grant like cool like things and just steal from like I there's nothing there's nothing that says I'm a dungeon master like stealing other people's work and that's what I'm going to be doing and it's going to be great it's going to work out well for everybody. Uh cool. So you guys spend the day like like full academia mode, man, like just hitting the books, studying hard. And uh, at the end of the day, your hand may be a little bit sore from the from all the writing, but you feel like you've made a lot of good progress. Fantastic. Um, Falcus, what's your deal? I don't know. I, I think I think maybe my my contact down at the dock, maybe Ari would have a better. I know she's she got up and walked away, but maybe she might have a better grasp of what questions to ask that person because um, she's been pursuing the kids the missing kids mm-hmm. and I don't know if I need to talk to my contact at the docker or not about the stuff we're already just waiting on that we're going to pretty much have an answer for already um, I think if she wants more if she has more questions about the kids or the missing items or anything like that my person down at the dock oh you know what um what were some of the other peak things that were happening outside of the city? So if, if, if I were to go down to the dock, obviously my, my um, using my urban bounty hunter background gives me that, that, that contact in the city. And, and I've chosen pretty much the people down at the docks being 
Like I've got um, what's his face in Booty Bay, somebody down here at Stormwind Harbor. I would be looking for information coming from outside of the city. So outside of the city, the food's kind of stopped coming in here, which indicates there's issues down in Pandaria. Um, one of the other meteorites ended up going down south as well, too. So south out in the ocean, but south of the city, right? But there was one. Was there one that was up around the um, like Boralus area? Yeah, there's one that flew out north and there's one that flew down south. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we're already that happened over a month ago. Yeah, I think I think first thing this morning, let me go down to Swarmwind Harbor when things are up and busy and bustling. And um, I'd like to find my contact and just kind of ask him if there's anything, any interesting news that has come into port or, or otherwise from outside the city. OK, awesome. Uh, you head down to the harbor. Boats uh, seem to be coming in and out normally. That seems like it's all fine. There is a decent crowd on the docks today, so it doesn't look like there's anything unusual going on. In use of your urban bounty hunter background feature, you are looking for your point of contact for that. What you're looking for is actually the harbor master, a guy named Stephen Botswain. He's a human uh, man. Uh, you head down and you find him. Um, you know what do you what are you doing as you approach, or what do you say to him when you arrive? Obviously, I know him already. Um, yes, Steve, old boy, how have you been? So, what's going on, Falcus? How are you today, man? What brings you to Stormwind? Business as usual. Just been uh, kind of flitting around from town to town, kind of following leads and anything else that uh, need to go do. And, and that's where we're back here in town again, uh, hearing that there's some, some eerie things happening. So, of course, that's where I got to show up. Oh, it's been eerie as, as heck, man. You're not wrong. What can I do to help you? Just come to come to ask you what you've hear what, what what you're hearing lately. I mean, you you see things coming and going out of these docks all the time. I know you got some stories to tell. Well, there hasn't really been very much interesting going on. Uh tell you what, why don't we step into my office and we'll uh, you know, I'll tell you the the you know, the basics that we see every once in a while. Perfect. Uh you move to a more private area uh and he leans in and he goes all right, listen, it's been really, really weird. There have been no ships whatsoever to Pandaria. Every time I turn around, there's supposed to be some... Oh, okay, well, this ship is chartered to go down there for a food supply. This ship is chartered to go down there to give aid. This ship is chartered. And then at the last minute, every time I turn around, it's, oh, well, we've been redirected. We have to go out to... You know, who knows? Somewhere else. We got to make a trip out to Darkshore. We have to make a trip out to, you know, Menethil Harbor or something. It's been, we've been redirected. We can't go down. We have new new orders at the last minute. Super weird. Who's, who's, who's giving those orders or who's who's controlling the, um, the comings and goings of those ships? All that comes straight from the keep. Comes from the crown. Interesting. So they're obviously aware of something happening in Pandaria and they're trying to keep... I'm assuming keep our ship safe from 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 heading down there right now. Uh, well, if that were the case, they would be given warnings about, hey, listen, it's dangerous to go down there. But that's not what they're doing. It's a lot more secretive than that. It's it's we it's weirding me out. 
if if they're being redirected to places like Darkshore and stuff like that, are they still hauling the same stuff, or what, what's what's been the additional orders tied to to the redirects? It changes from ship to ship. It depends on what they're suited for. You know, some ships are oh well, you were a, a military envoy, but you actually have to go somewhere else to do something different. You're uh, you know you're you're a, a shipping service, but we actually need you to go out here to do something. It's always last minute. It's always sometimes it feels just like an excuse, and it's. None of it makes any any sense to me. We also haven't seen anybody come in from from Pandaria, at least not officially. There was one ship that I am convinced came in from Pandaria. Officially, it was an icebreaker ship coming out from Northrend. But ships from Northrend don't typically bo- come in from the south. And I know this captain, and he sort of implied that he had come in from uh, Pandaria. He had this shipment, this cargo that he had he had brought us, uh, this sort of lar- this huge wooden crate, had kind of this like fog seeping out of it. And it sounded like some kind of huge creature was in there scratching around inside of the box. The manifest said it was delivery to the Deep Run Tram. And I think you know what I mean by that. Um, who is, I'm not asking him, but asking Casey, who the proprietor of the Brawler's Guild is. Uh, it's a guy named Bismo. Um, okay. let me take who's, a look and see. Who, who was, uh, the designated recipient of that crate? Bogus, come on. Like I said, it was sent to the Deep Run Tramp. You know what I'm, okay. you know, it wasn't on its way to Ironforge. If it was, it would have been to Tinkertown or to... You know, you know what it is. I getcha, I getcha, I getcha. Gonna have to make a stop down there at some point soon, too. We got, uh, I'll, I'll just pull out of my pocket um, the envelope, like, like it just slide it out a little bit, and it's got, like, the list of the stamp or whatever on it. It's like, yeah, we'll we'll be heading there at some point. Well, that'll make it easier for you to get in and check it out. Uh, let me tell you something. That was a big crate. So I would, if you're in a betting mood, I would put my money on whatever that thing was, because whoever stands up against it is going to get clobbered. They're probably going off. Like, the bet's probably not going to be great. It's probably going to be, you know, odds in favor of the monster, which means betting on the contender is going to get you more money if you win. But the contenders, the, 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 you know, whatever they call it, the, the, the guest of honor that gets creamed that day isn't going to be the winner. It could have been a contender. Interesting stories, that's for darn sure. Um, have you heard anything more? I mean, I'm sure you you saw the, the, the meteors. The um, meteors come across the sky about a month back. Any any news coming off the ocean about those? Because I know one one passed to the, to the north of here, um, like somewhere between um, Gilneas and uh, um, the, uh, the Isles. Um, and then the other one, obviously down by, by Pandaria Way. But we do get ships in every once in a while from places like Boralus. They haven't seen any strange new activity, so that seems fine. But I can tell you that that was about the same time we stopped seeing travel from Pandaria. How how are the uh, how are the ocean currents right now between uh, Boralus and uh, Gilneas? And that 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 strait that area right there between the land and the island. Uh, seems normal. We haven't had any any anybody talk about it. Nobody really goes out there 
you know, I mean, we're talking about Gilneas is sacked by um, uh, the Undercity by this point, and there's nobody in the Undercity anymore, so there really isn't a whole lot of traffic that goes to that side of uh, to that side of Lordaeron anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm just trying to think, you know, uh, if if there's nothing happening in Boralus right now, I wonder if uh, that thing landed out in the ocean somewhere. Uh, it might have been. It might have also landed on the mainland. But like I said, we really don't have very much information about what's going on in that area because that's either horde territory exclusively or open land because, like I said, Lordaeron is essentially a, a cloud right now. Right, right. Um, that uh, that Northrend captain... Um, is he still, is still, is he still in port? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think he, uh, if, if, you know, you, you, you're saying that, uh, you have sneaking suspicion that he did come from the Pandaria way. Is he, uh, how's he about talking? Well, um, depends on who he's talking to. Uh, and I think it depends on how many he's had, but, uh, that could be something that could be arranged. I, uh, that's, that's exactly the answer I was, I was looking for. If, uh, see, does he have a time that he's, like, at the, the local pub or anything like that? Uh, I would say that he probably, your guy probably does not know very much about his day-to-day schedule within the city, uh, but... Or rather, like, where, where, where is he, where, where could one find him usually in the evening hours when he's not down at his ship right now? He wouldn't have an answer to that, but go ahead and roll me a, uh, investigation. I literally, for a second there, looked around my desk to find a dice. <laughs> That's how okay. long it's been. <laughs> uh, investigation check, you said? Yeah. All right. Um, 13. That could have been better, but... Well, hey, um, I was looking for a 10 or, or better, so we're still, we're still fine. If it's true that this cat brought something for the Brawler's Guild, that could be the first place to look for. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I just... Uh thinking organically to run into him where I could potentially buy him a few drinks, you know, get some, get, get him talking, get his, get his lips. They got loose. a bar there. Yeah. So that's all. That's really kind of what I was thinking and where I was going with my, my, my questions about him. Anything, anything else that, uh, I mean, y- you know, you know, the business, you know what I, what I do and, and, and what I'm involved in, um, for the most part, you know, obviously, um, Anything else you think that uh, would pique my interest or, or, or be be of in- in- interesting things t- that have happened down around here? No, not in general. Uh, he kind of gets into the whole idea that ship me- shipping to and from Pandaria has been the thing that he's been the most concerned about. He hasn't heard anything about any, you know, he hasn't heard anything really about very much of the thieving or, or any of the haunty effects or anything like that more than anything that you've heard. Where are all the adventurers? Oh, they all, as soon as the same day that all that stuff happened in the sky and all those meteors started flying, everybody started making their way out toward Northrend. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. Fair, fair enough. Those are all about what I was thinking anyway to begin with, but um, do definitely appreciate uh, stopping in with you and, and checking in and see how you're doing. I'm not sure what he'd be interested in, but I, you know, I always like to continue to to thank monetarily or, or otherwise um, my contacts and my people because it just, you know, you grease a couple palms and they'll, they'll always come back for with information for you at some point in time. So um, I'll just give him five gold. 
yeah, he takes it. Um, you know, you guys wrap up your conversation as you guys leave his sort of private office. He says, dude, you have to absolutely share that recipe with me. That sounds dope. All right. That sounds so good. You got to tell me more about that sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll hook you up next time. Uh, next time I'm, I'm in town, I'll, I'll, I'll make you. All right. Uh, with that kind of being taken care of, um, I think I'm going to head over to the Dwarven District. I'd like to run back into um, the gentleman I ran into at the Dark Moon Fair. I think um, he has some interesting things that would be kind of neat to, to, to talk to him about. I've had a lot of ideas. I got some blueprints in my pocket for some goggles, and I'd love to engineer some some goggles of some sort. So I think head over to the engineering district would be the next stop. Yeah, you got um, you got blueprints for the like an overcomplicated set of goblin like engineering goggles way back when. You got them from like Rezik at the at the lumber mill in Northern Stranglethorn. Uh, you head out to the Dwarven District. You find uh, that there is an engineering shop set up. It's kind of paltry in comparison to some of the other shops that you've seen. It's kind of like this little makeshift tent kind of set up, like almost like a large kiosk in the middle of the Dwarven District. Um, you know, you see on some tables and like next to some like forge equipment and all that, a couple of half finished items that are, you know, all sort of metallic and covered in too many cog wheels and all that kind of thing. Uh, and you see the proprietor tinkering on what looks like uh, it will eventually be a pretty complicated, like mechanical uh, compound bow. Um, he's this little gnomish dude with bright red hair and beard and mustache. You do you, you saw him at the uh, archery contest at the Dark Moon Fair. Uh, he introduced himself to you way back when. His name is Lilium Spark Spindle. Uh, and as soon as you come walking up to him, he looks up and he sees you see like he's got. Um, like uh, uh, like forge goggles on or something that he pulls up and his whole face is sooty except where around his eyes that are real clean like he's got that going on uh, and he goes um, oh wow hey bud uh, how, how are you liking the uh, how are you liking the shot shooter oh this thing is super super neat I am loving it and I have so many ideas for uh, interchanging some some of the different shots um, got some thoughts about uh, different concoctions to potentially put into them for sure for sure what you what you working on here uh well i've got an idea for a new kind of bow uh thought it would be really cool so you know you can use like all the gears and the pulleys and stuff to create all the tension without having to put all the muscle work into it here it's got all this stuff on it should be really really cool i just you know i need some more time to work on it and perfect it uh can i give it a drawback here for a moment if it's if it's uh at least handle handleable right now. Uh, it doesn't have. It's like not completed. Um, it does have like the components on it to where like when you draw it, the the pulleys twist, so it has like the the sort of you know the com the compound nature quote unquote of the bow is functional, but like it's still like the grip is still not connected to it. It's still missing. Like there are sections on it that look like it's designed to have attachments on it, and none of the attachments are on it. It's clearly half completed. Yeah. So as he was, yeah, as you're explaining that to me, I'm gonna, I'm assuming he gave me permission. I'll, I'll pick it up and, and give it, give it, you know, hold it and give it, give it a drawback. And it's like, this feels really good. That's actually pretty freaking cool. Um, you know, if you if you swap, I'll just if you swap like this gear here with with this one, or even change it from the smaller one to maybe a bigger gear, 
definitely um, would increase the uh, strength to draw, or rather decrease the draw power, but increase the strength. Um, just looking at it, I think that might be a good tweak for it. All right. Well, that actually, hey, you kind of have an eye for this sort of thing. Um, I think I'll take that under consideration. That's really clever of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've just been kind of picking that kind of stuff as uh, as I've kind of gone along here. I mean, I, I've been pretty fascinated by a lot of this stuff and all. Um, I mean, this this belt buckle is is super cool. I am so happy that I, I, I picked that up from, from, from the Dark Moon Fair or something that you crafted like that. Um, I have these... these um, these schematics here for for a pair of goggles. Why don't you take a look at them? Um, I'd love to. I'd love to make something like this. This would be really neat. Yeah. So you unfold the the blueprints, and he takes a look at it. Um, he comes to the conclusion pretty quickly uh, that the flaw in the design here is that the guy who drew it all up was working solely from a mechanical perspective this actually would require a magical enchantment in order to hold its functionality without falling apart and he's like oh yeah well here's here's you know i would use these materials instead of this i would talk to the enchanter and get this like enchanted up to make sure that you know you could do x y and z we could throw some extra stuff on here this and that he thinks that it would be functional given enough time to 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 build it and the the effort in, in its construction he's he's like yeah this could work it has a whole bunch of cool features on it. It would like, it has a magnifier on it. It has a, uh, like a magical identification, um, structure to it. Uh, it's got this cool little spirally disc, like over the forehead thing that we could make, make something cool work with. It's got all kinds of cool features. That, that's definitely pretty cool. Um, I know you're pretty busy here. Um, I, I'm, this is, this is all really new to me. I just kind of have, have picked it up here and there and had been tinkering uh, a little bit. Um, I, I'd love to have a more more formal instruction if you'd be willing to to, to uh, teach me uh, some of the skills that you that you have that you're doing here and 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 I mean I'd be the one building this for sure but I, I'd love your guidance along the way to to make this happen. Well, sure, I think that would be great. It's been a while since I've taken on an apprentice, and I could use an extra pair of hands. How much time do you have today? Uh, I got the rest of today. Nothing much else is uh, we've got going on today, so um, I'm happy to work here all afternoon. That'd be great. Um, I don't know how much more time we're going to be in in town, but uh, I definitely give you give you every little bit of time I've got to to learn. That'd be fantastic. Awesome. Um, yeah, if that's what you're going to spend the rest of your day doing, is is it going to be? It's going to be working on that goggle mechanic. Yes, and uh, if he if he's got. Um, if he needs any more tips that I, for for a young apprentice, you know, just just taking a look at that that compound bow because man, that's 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 looking pretty sexy. Uh, having having missed out on another bow, <coughs> uh, I, I definitely would 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 love an improvement upon my current bow. Yeah, um, you know, he's the kind of guy who isn't gonna poo poo somebody bringing new ideas to his workshop. Like he's, oh yeah, that's a cool idea. Well, that might not work, but this might. And then like working with you to try and figure stuff out. Um, yeah, you spend the rest of the the rest of the morning and afternoon essentially refining the design of the goggles and beginning their construction. Absolutely. Are there any other specific things that you're looking to have done today, or? Uh, if everybody is prepared, we can start to regroup again. Uh, if we want to do that, whatever you guys want to do next. 
Uh, the only other thing that I had in mind, I mean, this could be something I can I can work with him on. Um, I'd love to take, you know, this little bit of engineering skill and, and make something for Ari and something for, for Butch. Um, an idea I had for Butch was uh, like a refrigeration unit. Um, think like in World of Warcraft itself, you got the, the food pouch that's actually called, I think the engineers can make it called the advanced refrigeration unit. Um, I don't know about Ari though. You know, I know Ari's kind of digging into inscription a bit and stuff like that. So I'd have to talk to her, but that's also something I'd like to, you know, leave some, leave with here with something for each of us. I think that'd be kind of neat. Uh, you know, assuming we're going to be in storm in a while, this, that sounds like things can be made and skills learned. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. What was the name of, uh, the gentleman again? I thought I had it written. I'm was looking for it and I couldn't find it easily. Who's the gentleman? The gnomish engineer. Oh, yes. His name is uh, Lilium. Wait a minute. I just had it here. Lilium Sparkspindle. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, we get into, um, you know, the early evening, like dinnertime-ish, um, and everybody is you know, complete with what their day was going to be today. Uh, Ari, you do have that extra scroll now at this point. Everybody is a little bit closer to mastery of their, you know, distinct specific path that they were following. You guys are free to meet up somewhere in the city and then do whatever it is you'd like to do this evening. It makes sense to uh, meet up at the, uh, meet up at dinner time, I figure. And uh, so off in the Dwarven District, uh, let's uh, see if we can't get us some grub. Cool, yeah. You guys head over to the Dwarven District. You, at some point, uh, you guys will have all heard uh, some town criers walking through town, giving out some little bit of extra information. Um, essentially, uh, you're hearing things like, uh, the Crown is sending aid to Pandaria. Uh, there is expected to be uh, an end to the food shortage sometime in the near future as a result of that. You are hearing that the evening curfew is still in effect, so um, that'll be a few hours after dinner time. We're talking somewhere in the 8 to 9 p.m. range is when that's going to uh, kick off this evening. And Falcus, as you hear that, you realize, yeah, that does conflict a bit with what I was just told, but that is what the official news of the day is as you guys walk through town. All right. And I imagine... Uh the three of us share the information that we got yeah. today. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Unless there's anything in particular that you guys are looking to keep secret from each other, but I doubt it. No. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely point out um, to, to, to Butch, I'm like, Hey, uh, Butch, there's some really, really weird stuff happening down in Pandaria. I, I don't know what your, what your feelings are about returning back home, but um, I mean, all, all of the adventures right now are up in Northrend, and who knows where they are from there. Um, we're the we're some of the only people who would be capable of, of providing any kind of real aid. And I know the town criers are saying that um, that that the the crown is sending aid to to Pandaria. They're not. My my contact down at the dock says that any ships that were scheduled to go to to Pandaria usually last minute they're redirected elsewhere. So there's really no ships going to or coming out of of Pandaria. And all of this is stemming back to to the the meteor, which we both saw when they hit the sky that uh, one of them went south. So, 
Well, I reckon this vacation couldn't last forever, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> as long as we can still get that per diem from the, you know, the silver shard, I think that, uh, I think everything would be okay. The silver concretion will definitely back us no matter where we go. Well, as a matter of fact, it, it just so happens that, uh, you know, over on the warrior hall, I got pointed, uh, pointed into the direction of Pandaria there might be an artifact you know that what that um weaponsmith Arna was talking about to me a while back I think uh I think I got an idea where that might might be or who might have it and it or, ain't happy but it's not something I'm looking forward to but we can head that direction yeah, we'll definitely need to uh, charter something because as it stands right now, um, no ships are going there. And any ship that is scheduled to go there is is being redirected at the last minute. So I have a feeling something's being being covered up by, by the Crown, by the Keep. Um, so there might be something we're going to have to do a little bit more on the download to, to, to get out of Stormwind and get down to, to Pandaria by, by boat. Obviously, by boat. Uh, well, we could get it. If we can find a Zeppelin, we could potentially take a Zeppelin, too. Um, what but if we found a mage? That wouldn't be a bad idea. That's I don't actually know how much that cost. Brilliant idea. There's got to be somebody who's got a who's got a portal that can can get us there pretty quickly, pretty easily. Um, if we can't, uh, I can definitely hit hit my uh, my my dockmaster uh, contact back up again and see if he can find us something. Let's charter charter us something, maybe. In the, under the cover of darkness to get out of the city and get down to Pandaria. What about, no, it, uh, uh, was it Billy Butch? Is that the name of the captain? Yep. Oh. Good old Billy? Billy. What yeah. about yeah. Billy? I don't what think he'd Billy? mind visiting Pandaria. He has a ship. He has a crew. I mean, it might take him a couple weeks to get up here if that were the situation. And, but to be honest, I was going to recommend we stay here a few weeks and uh, get some food in our belly and some uh you know strength in our arm and learn what we can from here let's, and let's, uh let's send him a raven or something or a note or however we get mail out to him and 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 maybe get him start sailing up this way um we'll be wrapped up probably by probably by by about the time he gets here if that's what we wanted to do i bet billy would take us he dang sure knows the way <laughs> <laughs> he just better not pull into the harbor uh, flying pirate flags. He probably wouldn't get too far into the city otherwise. I feel I like he has a little common sense. Well, he's captain now. So uh, we'll see what he's learned. Who's you know, the maybe captain he's... now? Sorry. <laughs> you know, maybe he's got some new skills that we ain't never seen before. Who knows? That's an idea. I love it. That's that's perfect. Thanks, Ari. Uh, another thing of note, you guys want to either tomorrow, well, tomorrow we got some other stuff going on, but uh, maybe tomorrow evening or the day after, we'll go head up the Brawler's Guild. Yes. <gasps> I got, I got, I got a, a hot tip on a, on a sure bet, so to speak. Seems they've got themselves a, uh. A critter of of some immense power who's who's riding high for for um, good payout on on uh, you know a sure bet for for him winning, but uh, maybe we can take him on as a challenger and and, and come out with uh, our pockets full, something like that. Not only that, but uh, 
seems the the captain who uh, that creature came in on a ship. So that ship was uh, funny enough, actually a, a Northrend icebreaker, um, but it came from the south. Um, the the uh, my my contact down at the docks says uh, obviously the the crate itself had a lot of markings and stuff like that that looked like it came from Pandaria. So he thought it was really odd for this this uh, Northrend icebreaker to be coming in from the south rather than coming from the north. Um, but uh, the captain should be down around the Brawler's Guild with with, uh, the delivery of that uh, creature. And he might have some information if we can, you know, loosen his lips a bit with uh, some drink. Uh, Might be able to find some more information about Pandaria, too, from him. So... Well, I wouldn't mind. I've I've been learning some stuff in that uh, Hall of Champions. I wouldn't mind... uh... Oh, you know, man, you, you in the out. ring with this creature? I will throw an entire bag of gold down on you. You take that thing out. You don't even know what it is yet, first oh, of all. Oh, come on, it's you, Butch. S- second of all, I think I'm going to be using this uh, Priest Slayer. I've been practicing with this Priest Slayer, and uh, it ain't quite as powerful as what I've been used to recently, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe someone can... Uh, help bump bump this up get a little en- enchanting a little magic get a little um some magic sprinkles on it maybe some engravings some magic engravings i don't know i don't know while we're here might as well do it it seems if we're gonna if we're gonna send off for billy we ain't got nothing but time yeah all right how's how'd your day go uh, it's good we're um we discovered some things in arna's book so we're we're kind of chucking away at that i don't think Casey, would I have gotten much out of the like artifact section of the book, or were we just kind of working on the spell section? What were you hoping to have learned from there? I wanted I to translate whatever the book. It is that you say, I think whatever it is that you say that you did spell work wise is definitely what happened. If okay. you want additional stuff from that, we might have to roll some dice about it. So I basically, I, my goal is to translate the book as much as possible to see what information can be gathered from it. Which I know we both have, like, the touch it and read it. Yeah, Comprehend for sure. languages. Um, that's actually, yeah, because you have comprehend languages, that's exceedingly easy. So besides what's in there, like, in my notes, is there anything else that I would have learned about the artifact? You're asking specifically about the one that Butch was talking about, the Titan scripts? Yeah. Yep, the strongest warrior. He, Arna didn't know very much about it. He okay. had heard rumors that there's this awesome thing. And was like, well, I'm trying to grow my warrior ranks for what will, of course, be the global dominating troll army that has all of the power of Hakar the Soul Flayer behind it. So, you know, the one we I defeated. must needs yeah. have this powerful magic artifact. I just don't know very much about it or where it is or how okay. I can get it, which is why I have to interrogate all the warriors I find. That's essentially the vibe you got from him. Butch has actually a substantially more information about it than Arna ever had. Okay. So I just kind of relay, I think as far as like the warrior in Arna's book, it's kind of a dead end from what I can read on here. But there are some interesting things that we're working on. And then uh, I'm going to try and nail down like this spell work with, you know, maybe having a little bit more versatile one use type spell things to kind of help out where we need it or maybe give you guys some boost. We're still kind of playing around with it and working on it, but I think it'll it'll overall um, help us. So if there's you know, I know you both are strong in your own ways, but if there's areas you feel like 
make or break, do or die, you would like a boost for something, just just let me know. We'll see if we can we, we can work on. What about that uh, distort value scroll? Think you can make any more <laughs> yeah. of those? I'm sure if I show it to her tomorrow, because I completely just spaced that. If I show it to her tomorrow, I'm sure it'd be easy since I have one for her to maybe work through it with me so I can nail it down a little more. That would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. Now, we've got, like, all these things we want to want to do. we still got to solve the mystery of the kids who are definitely, like, using oh, yeah. all that gold for, for stuff. Got to talk. So tomorrow we're talking about talking to Harrison Jones, potentially the Brawlers Guild. And I don't know how long it's going to take to solve the mystery of the kids. But, but also, we, I'm going to, you know, I've mentioned this, you know, you know, on, on group text and stuff about us just fast forwarding. Like we've been here three weeks. <laughs> well, that's know? the nice thing about what we did in today's session is we laid the groundwork for yeah. you guys are going to spend time, a certain number of hours per day doing stuff for profession or like personal growth purposes. All that downtime activity can absolutely be fast forwarded now that we've done the introductions and we've done the, the groundwork and we've set up, okay, this is what we're planning on doing. Um, we, and now like we can do like Brawler's Guild and Harrison Jones are the two things that we had like specific that we can't fast forward through, Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to like, okay, well, uh, and also investigating all the missing stuff, yada, yada, yada. What did we find out? What did we learn? Like what, you know, all that sort of stuff can be fast forwarded to until it comes time to like make motion, make motion. At this point, uh, are you guys going to bed down for the night? Are you going to head over to Brawler's Guild and do that this evening? You're welcome to do that if you want. Uh, are you going to do anything else over the course of your evening? Is there anything else to discuss? Let's. Do you guys want to do Brawler's Guild tonight? You guys want to head over there? I mean, it's still kind of early in the evening right now, and we're... As soon as we, you know, we meet up with Harrison Jones tomorrow, if we're going to start triangulating and trying to figure out and point out where that thing is, we're going to be busy the next couple days working on on that. Tonight might be our last night to go have a little fun. Let's go have some fun. Let's do it. All right. Great. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Oh, it's so good. Um, is there a way we should probably... I mean, if it's dark right now, the curfew is probably getting into effect. We have a, a way to we sneak are, out. And we are... Where we are and where the Brawler's Guild is? Oh, it's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. It's a quick, quick trip, and curfew is going to kick in at like 8 or 9. Dinner time's 5 or 6, so you still have, like, it's the sun is still, it's like the t- the time of year where the sun is still visible, and you're you're fine still, yeah. can always flash the uh, the Silver Conquistador's uh, badge and, and, and get We're on official city. business. Exactly. You know, Butch, I'm going to start doing that now just because I think it's funny. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Hidden from danger and back on the job, our heroes have begun to train in some new skills. Falcus picked up some great tips down at the harbor, and Butch has a lead on the Titan's grips. So we may have a trip to Pandaria in our near future. 
For now, though, we're headed into the Brawler's Guild. We'll see that the next time we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.